Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Freely Feminine Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my wonderful husband, Daniel. And if you are listening to this on podcast only via Spotify or Google or Apple Podcasts, just know that there is quite a bit more on the video version of this because we ended up talking more to each other than to the microphone. So there's some nuances that you may not pick up on unless you're watching the video. Um, this is the first time that we've done this formatting. It's the first time that I've had Daniel on the podcast. So we were um, sort of trial and erroring it and we had a ton of fun recording it. Um, but I do think that there is some detail that would be best picked up on via video. Um, so if you are listening to this, head over to YouTube at Freely Feminine, um, or just hang in there and try and read between the lines a little bit on the podcast. But I think you're going to enjoy it. It's we, we talk about a ton. Um, we're going to go over everything from, you know, masculine and feminine polarities, um, we talk about, I introduce you to Daniel, obviously, uh, but we're going to talk about the role of husband, masculinity, femininity, and the wife, kind of how we see that and how that works in our relationship. We talk about um, the most empowering actor feeling as a husband. So how can a wife empower her husband? Um, we talk about how to learn um, how to create a masculine frame if you don't have that as a woman. Um, we talk about the three important traits of a masculine, how women emasculate men and to like, kind of start to fix that up. Um, arguments, cycle syncing as a benefit to marriage, red flags when you're dating, the best way to communicate with him that allows him to open up. So we really cover a lot. And also, we didn't even touch on half the questions. I think we were trying to keep it to an hour and we went over um, so there's definitely room for a part two to this podcast, if that is something that people are interested in. I also wanted to let you know that we do curse on this podcast, and this is just a natural flow of conversation. So keep it within the perspective of this is how our marriage works. And um, we have created a lot of very intentional ways of working to honor both of us as male, female, as husband, wife. And so um, we have made very specific sacrifices to make sure that we can have a family day every Friday and prioritize one another. Um, and we've set up our relationship very intentionally to cultivate something that um, works for us. And so we're going to be speaking about all of these things within the context of our own relationship. We don't have children yet, so that that would look a little bit different. But we've also intentionally set up our relationship with a really strong foundation of prioritizing one another so that if and when we do decide to have children, that's a natural um, just expansion of what we're already doing. So there's just it's important to keep in mind um, our personal experience is what we're we're talking about. It's going to look different for everybody. but some of these concepts are going to apply to everybody. Um, most of these concepts, that's why we're talking about it. They'll apply to everybody, but how we actually act them out looks different in our marriage than it will for yours. So I hope you enjoy this. Um, definitely, we do curse. This is an adult conversation, so I wouldn't have little people around when you're listening to this. 
Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear if this is something you want to hear more about. Um, and if you have additional questions, definitely make sure you leave them below in the comments. If you're on YouTube, shoot us a DM over on Instagram at Rosewood Woman. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, enjoy. Uh, okay. Um, not really. <laughs> We're matching. Oh, yeah. so I change your shirt. No, I feel like this is really good. But we're in. I feel so far away from you. Oh, I gotta make sure it's recording. I don't want to Okay. The only thing is, um, you probably don't need to be that close to the mic. You don't need to be that. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> you can drink that. No, I can't. It's funny if I don't. Get off to the side. Does that light in the way? Is that annoying? Uh, what? No? That is a two in, the, in your face. I was like, here, maybe. Can we fix my chair at some point so I stop turning? I don't think that's something you can fix. No. A rotational chair. But it only turns left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely can't fix that. It feels like a uh, lander. <laughs> it can only turn left. Uh, I should probably do that. I'm really hoping the audio works. We're going to have to do this over. Okay. All right, this is weird because we're not actually on with anybody. Hello, welcome back. Jeez. <laughs> How do you feel? Weird. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Freely Feminine Podcast. Today, I'm joined with by my <laughs> husband, Daniel. So I put on my stories a couple of days ago if anybody wanted to hear Daniel's perspective of cycle syncing and all of the things masculinity, femininity, polarity, all of these fancy words that I'll explain to you before we answer the questions. Um, and I had like 85% of my audience say, yes, they wanted him on the podcast and people asked quite a few questions. I want to know the 15% that said no. Nobody, nobody said no. Oh. Just people watched and then didn't say anything. Oh. So, um. <laughs> it was like, no, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> um, so, sorry, we're watching our cat is in his little room being a little spaz. For the first time ever in one of the beds we bought him that he has never touched before today. Um, that we know. That we know. Of. That's true. He could sleep in there. We don't know it. So um, we're going to introduce him first a little bit so that everybody gets to know him. Um, and for those of you who are listening to this just on audio, we are also recording this on video. So if you hear us saying things that sound like you need a visual, you might. So I will also have this over on YouTube at Freely Feminine. And um, you can watch us and our weirdly matching outfits and this is how we operate this is actually a really good introduction to how we work because nine times out of ten i feel we're like matching. we're matching unintentionally granted we both have a weird obsession with od green and we also are very simple dressers and we like having easy to match outfits so we do a lot of white black gray not a lot of white i can't do white i have a lot of white mm -hmm. daniel Daniel doesn't do white because if he has white, it turns a different color quickly, <laughs> like black or brown or red if he's bleeding. Um, 
So anyway, a red shirt. Yeah. So your red shirt. We didn't buy a red shirt, but we have a lot of red shirts. <laughs> um. So anyway, we are both somehow wearing the same color and color scheme, and it's great. Um. Okay. So Daniel is my husband. So that's the first. That's the He's figured that out. <laughs> and uh, do you want to introduce yourself? What you do? <laughs> sure. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm her what? What? She's my wife. I'm her husband. There we go. Now, but uh, for a living, like climbing, cut down trees and trim trees. I do stuff with trees. Tree guy. Me, tree guy. So, for those of you who need more explanation, because I did not know what that meant when we first met, he is an arborist, but he actually physically climbs trees and limbs them, or tops them, and sequentially removes them for safety reasons for fire mitigation sometimes clients just don't like a tree (laughs) that happens and that always makes us sad um but he like is one of the few people who is trained to actually climb so he has a cool harness it's super fun it's really hot to watch (laughs) i could not do his job because it's scary and he goes really high up in trees, but it's cool to watch. And he's been doing it for 10, oh, 10, I've been doing stuff with trees for 10, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Long time. He knows Climbing what he's for doing. nine. Climbing like for nine. So yeah, he knows what he's doing. Um, and Mostly. he works with his hands and that's why we referred to blood earlier because he's almost always got some scratch wound puncture scar in the making yeah. somewhere on his body so um we i buy a lot of for the i have a lot of white <laughs> yeah, okay, it, but you can't see it <laughs> my biggest <laughs> biggest fluffiest thing ever um so anyway he's very cool <laughs> and masterful at his craft and yeah maybe we'll get into that and the value of hard-working blue-collar men that we need on this planet. So, is there anything else that's relevant, important, how we met? Um, so, we met. I helped you move because you were a friend of my friend. A friend of a friend. Literally, it was that situation where I had just sworn off boys, men, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about dating. I'm not going to worry about guys like I'm just good by myself and it was when I really genuinely felt like I was just fine on my own complete fulfilled he showed up out of nowhere and I remember having conversations with my best friend Maya who was like there through thick and thin with all of this and she was I remember talking to her about how am I ever going to meet a guy because I don't go to bars and I don't have large friend groups and I don't like know how to connect with people and he literally walked into my house so it's encouraging (laughs) with a friend it's encouraging for those of you who are like you know how i'm gonna meet a guy like don't stress about it because he'll just walk in here (laughs) he might you don't know you don't have to worry about it though because he's gonna show up in whatever way he needs to and it's great like you will magnetize the right guy if you're in a good place <laughs> when you're ready he will come <laughs> so <laughs> also 
I'm just going to say right now, if you have little children and you tend to listen to my podcasts with people around and children around, don't, um, because we'll probably curse and that might be, that's, that might not be comfortable for some people and that's okay. Try not to. Um, but the reality is we do curse. And, um, if that's a, a concern of yours, definitely don't have little kids in the room. Um, and we're also talking about relationships. So I don't know if any of these questions have anything to do with sex and intimacy. I don't think any of them will lead to that. I don't know, but, um, I have a lot of questions. So if any of it leads to that, yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, so yeah, he showed up at my apartment <laughs> to help me move. That's how we met. And then, um, we took it super slow. He took it really slow. That was one of the things I'll like to we'll segue into masculine, feminine and polarity and all that. But like, that was one of the things was I was in hustle rush, like get the thing done. And I wanted him to move much more quickly than he did. And the faster I tried to move, I feel like the slower mm-hmm. you went. <laughs> I was like, no, no, you like, like, my commitment to you isn't dependent upon the speed at which we move. It was like, I am committed to you and therefore we're not in a rush to do anything. And that was so good for me, even though it was really hard because we spent four years dating before we got married. Yes. Right around there. Yeah. Um, something else you guys should know is we have a very long like relationship with, with like not very specific milestones. And so if we're talking about, length of time <laughs> or specific dates i'm not going to be good at that um so we're going to give you like rough estimates for ish years and- well we did yeah we dated for four ish we've now been together for nine, nine including years. dating when is liberty september september almost nine years ten years is it penny no 14. It was 14. Today's 23. Today. This year's 23. Yeah, so years. Okay. So, like, almost exactly nine years we've been together officially. Um, and then married for five. Four. Yeah, so we almost dated for five. Yeah, Yeah, so we almost dated for five years. So, yeah. Patience was something that I learned. You're welcome. <laughs> really early on. But it was really good. And, like, we got all our crap out early. Like, really early, I feel like. I feel like we didn't. Yeah, it wasn't like something that was dragged out. It was like we everything like surfaced really quickly. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Um so yeah, we got a lot of our crap out early with our relationship, which was really good. And then we were just I feel like we just got to build a really super solid foundation um early on after that. And then by the time we got married, we were like, sweet, like we're good, <laughs> we're solid. And it helped us, like, be just continue to grow and be in a good place, which was cool. Anything to add? No. This is my first relationship. That's true. So, like, yeah. it was all, I had to figure stuff out so because I'm really slow. No, you're not slow. Well, you are. In the, <laughs> that's it, though, is you are, and that's what's good. Is you're slow. Like, you slowed me down. You created a place of, like, because there's security, we can go slow. I don't know. I feel like there's something to that, and I haven't I haven't thought through that. Well, that's on you, though. It is on me. I don't know. <laughs> um, doctor. Okay, we're going to get into the questions. So that's, a, that's the gist about us. That's not a lot, and we're not doing a full, like, husband tag, if that's something you guys want, where you really want to I don't still need to understand what that means. I don't fully either. 
something YouTubers do. <laughs> Good thing I'm not that. <laughs> okay, so some of these questions um, that we got, like probably 20. <laughs> some of these questions that I got are a little bit similar to other questions. Okay. So we're going to answer them. Maybe, to, I don't know. I'm not sure how we're going to do this. We're flying by the seat of our pants, people. I'm very used to having just me on the podcast or guests with a very specific structure. But with you, I don't want that. I want it to be natural. Um, all right. Let's start with some questions that are kind of broader. Um, one of the questions we got was, what is Daniel's idea of masculinity slash like the role of the husband and then vice versa, femininity and the wife's role? Those are very huge questions. Yeah. With lots of variety of answers. When you start with just masculinity, like what do you view as a man's role in a marriage? Uh in a marriage specifically? Yes. Then providing and caring, like providing for family and taking taking care of specifically in terms of financial and or like Financial and security, mostly. Again, this, it can be very different because people's situations are different. So I think yeah. giving one straight answer to that. Because yeah. um, I'm not like anti-feminine or something like that. <laughs> if a woman wants to go work, go freaking work. Um, and. But the dude, if the dude's a dude, he'll be trying to take care of you financially. Yeah. Emotionally, it, he's going to try his best not to tax it in any way and just provide. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Financially. Security. Yeah. Yeah. Securely. Security. And like. Um, like as little. Impact mm. on day to day as possible other yeah. than prov providing the essentials. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like provision is one of those things that a lot of guys or people just in general, like when I have conversations, it like a lot of people think of it only in money terms, only mm -hmm. like monetarily and provision from the masculine, at least in my experience and what I've seen is like, it's in all areas. It's provision of safety, provision of money, understanding that like we're in a really bizarre financial climate right now and that like it's very hard to live on one income yeah um and yes. also like women are coming to this place of understanding that there's there's a there's a place for us in the the corporate market that allows us to express our creativity and those things on our hearts that like we really want to be able to get out to the world and like support other people with so it, that's not a bad thing to like want to provide and contribute financially and like part of how I view the feminine role in the financial realm is like, he's the provider. And also like me as the support to him gets to also get money so that I can help relieve some of that pressure and also like empower him to do more things and like pursue his passion. So like I get to support him too. So I think there's a, there's kind of a, like an overly simplified perspective of provision right now. And well, and like you said, right now it's 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 rough enough economically yeah. that chances are you probably need two incomes yeah. to stay afloat. Yeah. And so in terms of 
primary, secondary. Like, if the dude's a good dude, he's going to do as much as he can mm-hmm. to provide as much as he can. Even probably if he's a really good dude, even that's a sacrifice of himself. Yeah. So that you can do what you want to do, but chances are he'll probably need help at yeah. this point. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like, have it, I think, yeah, having the grace for, I feel like this is a little bit of a tangent, but having for, for a guy to have grace for himself to understand that like a woman's financial support does not make you a bad provider. I think it's really important because like we're in Biden's America. <laughs> I was going to go there, but I didn't. So it's, yeah. just, it's just not the same. Like we can't keep comparing. I think this is one of the things that I run, to a, run into a lot with my own clients is it's not the same type of situation as it was in 1945 when women entered the workforce. Like that was a whole different kind of issue. Like I don't think a lot of women realize that like when they, when women entered the workforce in corporate America, it was the atomic girls and they were getting exposed to radiation. Like it, there's a lot of misconceptions about what women look like in the workforce. So I think that's like a whole other conversation, but it's important to understand that like, we can't keep going back to what it was because we have to start with where we are and go forward. And so having the like being okay with the female contributing to the relationship financially is important. And also homemaking is important. And like, I think if we were in an ideal world, um, having like the man be the provider, cause that's where he feels fulfilled. And then the woman being the homemaker, cause that's where she feels, feels fulfilled. And then her creative ventures, it's just bonus money. Like, because that also helps her feel fulfilled. That's the ideal. Um, I really do think because like a woman as the sole provider and that weight being on her, it doesn't work for her nervous system. Um, and, and if, if there's a guy involved yeah, in that situation, yeah. if he's not trying to provide and is happy just doing nothing, yeah, consider the dude that you're with. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he's skimping, helping you out, mm-hmm. there's other compromises he'll make at the same time. I'm curious what you mean by that. That being one your biggest relationship, Mm -hmm. if he's skimping on the biggest relationship he has, Mm -hmm. that implies like implies he's if he does have work, he's skimping at work, which means he's going to get fired. Mm -hmm. If he's if he's with your kid, he's cutting corners with your kid, like. I think that's true, yeah. If the, if the biggest thing in your life, the biggest relationship in your life is the thing that you're being lazy with, you're going to be lazy everywhere else as well. I agree with that. Also, it just made me realize while we were talking about this, um, we've been together a long time, and we have a lot of ways of communicating that I think are not super verbal. What just, just realized that. Because you started saying something, and I was like, oh, uh-huh. and then I was like, we're done. We don't have to continue going because I knew what you were saying. Oh. <laughs> 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 what happened? What did I do? That was great. I just, I'm realizing, like, we have a lot of nonverbal communication that um, hopefully we make things very clear and we don't just fill in telepathically. Um, yeah, no, I think that's true. I think having, again, that's the like, yeah, the, the man in his full masculinity, hormones firing being in that energy like he wants to provide he wants to take care of his people his family his community 
at the sacrifice of his own comfort for the comfort of others. And it's very linear. It's very driven. It's very like, that's the beauty of the masculine feminine, like dynamic and the kind of like, I describe it as like waffle brain and spaghetti brain. Like men have a very specific, um, like they have the boxes in their brain, right? Where it's like, they're thinking about the single box and what's in that box and how to accomplish what's in that box. And it's very like, it's very focused. And then the woman has like all of the things are all together in her brain. And that's why it feels kind of chaotic that that allows her to multitask and all of that. So when we're talking about like providing a man in his masculinity will provide to the extent, like to, to the maximum extent that he needs to in order for his family to feel safe. And he'll, he'll have the drive and the, (laughs) he'll have the drive and the like motivation and the focus to go after that in order to take care of his family. That doesn't mean that like circumstances can't suck and make it really hard for that to happen, but it means that he'll be committed to the commitment (laughs) of provision. (laughs) He'll be committed to provision. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, yeah. Like this last year was really hard because we were in an RV in the middle of nowhere. um, I couldn't find work. And he couldn't find work because we were literally in a town of 500 500 people. 500 people. So like there, there literally wasn't work. Um, that doesn't mean that he wasn't providing and that's where he stepped up and, oh my gosh, I keep joking. I'm getting too excited. He stepped up and like provided in other ways. And that's where I think it's really like he provided to whatever degree he could provide in a weird situation. And so it's like, he stepped up and he did three hour round trip road trips into town to get us what we needed once a week while I kept working and like, like he was the one who was doing all of the extra stuff um, and creating a container of safety and security and provision for me, despite the financial piece not being there. So provision is not as. It's not only financial. Yeah. It's not one dimensional like it is. And that's really important because otherwise it's going to like, if provision was just financial, every woman would just be looking for like, the dude sure, that, the, yeah, the dude that works 100 hours a week. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah. Like, that sucks. Which dude always has its own problems. Yeah. If all the dude is doing is just working. Yeah. But. Yeah. Because that's not providing everything. That's not actual provision. Provision is not just money. It, it, that's purely financial and nothing yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. So. So masculinity in marriage. The role of the husband is provision, security, Without a doubt, in whatever way that looks. <laughs> what else? Anything else? Those two no, things you left it. We answered that well. Now I feel like I'm not answering something. <laughs> I, I <don't. laughs> because you decided to re-go through it. Yeah, I had a little brain fart because I was like, security. And then I was like, security. And then my brain stopped working. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's Yes, good. that sounds very simple. But, I but it's very nuanced at the same time being simple. Yeah. Like it's a simple answer, but there's a lot of nuance. Yeah. And that's implicitly. They're like all, all encompassing. Like those are yeah. huge words that mean okay. a lot in a relationship. Um, and like I think too, just like this the steadiness in terms of like masculine feminine specifically, it's it's him providing like the part of security, maybe is the steadiness. Like the even keeledness, holding space for the the feminine chaos when that shows up, because it does. Um, and allowing allowing for 
again, like holding the container, holding the structure for the feminine to kind of lose it if she needs to in a good way, like go through all of her ebbs and flows. And that's something that you do really well. It's like you, if like, no matter where I'm at, if I need to say, Hey, can I vent something? Or, Hey, like I'm having a hard day or whatever. Like you just are there holding like space of safety and like steadiness. And I think that's a huge bit. Cause it's like when the masculine's doing this, the feminine's doing this. And that's part of like the really cool dynamic of the two where it's like, you like you keep me safe I keep you free like that kind of concept (laughs) but I think that's part of it in a marriage is it's like if you're both if you're both overly like even keel like overly steady like I don't want to be 100% steady the way that you're steady for me I want to be able to (laughs) I want to have like the ebbs and the flows because that's part of my feminine and that allows me to get into super creative expression or that allows me to go into like the depths of things or whatever like that's how I work and I need to be able to do that and I need to be able to have like a little bit more internal energy in my luteal phase and I need to be able to feel really expressive and like want to go do whatever in my ovulatory phase like I need to be able to have ebbs and flow um and he's like solid consistently what do you need how can I support you in this time like how can he asked me all that all the time like how can I support you what do you need and that's like a really really important part of the masculine um and yeah I think that's part of it at least from my perspective um so yeah that's the role feminine woman marriage in the middle of that Otherwise, we're going to do a whole podcast on this one question. <laughs> how do you see? How do you see? How do you see it though? How do you see? Like, well, there's like support, like all the stuff that we already kind of talked about. Yeah, it wasn't specifically, but like you covered it when you're talking, like, like supporting the dude, like taking, like, not that the dude is more important, but like. I also don't know how to answer this because I know my part pretty well, but I don't know what she has to do for me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, I think that's part of it. It's like, it's all of the little nuancey things. Like a lot of the feminine is, it's like the, not the little stuff, but it's like the, yeah, the nuanced stuff, the peripheral. Like that's what a, a lot of the feminine is, is it's, I have a friend who described it as the, um, the aroma of the home. And I really like that where it's like, like, I'm like setting the tone and like making sure that the things are taken care of so that you can go and accomplish the things that you need to accomplish. And like a, a really like a much more yeah, simplistic like, and like easeful way. The, as me being me, the only thing I need is just help on the back end doing the mm-hmm. stuff that I don't have time for. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. If I'm doing the provision and security, it's like I just like I just need help on the back end to make sure all yeah. the T's are crossed and I's are dotted yeah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Well, and it's like like things as and like things genuinely as simple as like making sure that you've got lunch ready and mm-hmm. like healthy food to keep you fueled as best as I can. Um and like, you know, making sure that the home is welcoming for you to come back to mm-hmm. and like that. Yeah, like all of the, yeah, like you said, like the back end stuff is really important because that sets the tone for how you can interact and how you can like go forward into your day. Yeah, and one of the biggest parts of that is that I'm not coming home to more drama. Yeah. Because you're very good at like, I don't come home to a list of things that have been wrong or like, 
Like, like that's why our dudes want to stay at work all the time because yeah. they come home and it's yeah. just it's worse when they're at home because they can't leave it. Yeah. Also, our dog is here. If you can't hear Sleeping. her, she is napping Dream. in the background, and she barks and whines yeah. and growls in her sleep. So if you hear her, that's why. Um. Oh, I thought that was her. That's my. I really like white fluffy things. So that's the cat bed in the background that he's never touched. And I've got my blanket, and then he's got, sitting on like a fur. This is from our living room we brought in. And then there's also a fluffy dog in the background. So okay. she's somewhere you just can't see her. You can see a tiny little corner under your right there. <laughs> I don't even know that that's her. Is that not her? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. um, yeah, and I, and uh, yeah, I'm in support. Atmosphere, aroma of the home. Yeah, not bringing more more drama. drama into your life, and that like like for context, he works twelve hour days through the summer. No, well, most of the time or longer. Mm, not anymore. When I was in Colorado working for Justin, I was doing twelve-hour days. Yeah. Here it's like it's a little a massive four tens. Yeah, but it's like they're long days. He's gone a lot, and he helps out with stuff on weekends. And yeah, I did work yesterday too. And today's Sunday. Yeah, and sometimes yesterday. he works on the weekends and things like that. So for him, like he's gone a lot and doing a lot of heavy labor, and and still like we go do groceries together we go run errands together and like we have a family day every friday and that's like what we do um and so that's a big component of this is it's i think for me at least for our relationship like i work and i work a lot but i'm working from the comfort and security of my home and i'm you know like I'm able to take moments here and there and go do other things or clean or do food or whatever. And, you know, like that's, that's how our relationship works. That's the way that we like it. So I think for each relationship, you do have to determine, like we don't have kids yet. So kids being in the picture would look very different with responsibility. Um, But I think each relationship I think it's really important for the woman to understand that like the way that he works and the way that you work are very, very different. And it's so important for you to create the space and the atmosphere of peace because you really get to set that tone. And that's going to look like for some relationships, that's going to look like, you know, just making sure that the house is calm and that you like, you're in a good place and you're in your feminine when he comes home. Like I, I hold a really masculine space for my clients as a coach. And so I have about an hour before I know he comes home where I don't take any more clients. And I like do some very specific things where I'll like take a bath or I'll play calm music and light a candle and like get back into my feminine to make sure that like I'm in a place of feminine receptivity when he comes home so that we have that polarity and I'm not like in like hustle when he gets back. Um, and that's because then I'm just confused. Yeah, because then he's usually like, Are you mad? Wait, what's going on? And we had that conversation pretty early in our relationship too. And it showed up a couple times where he's like, I don't what's going on? Like, are you are you angry? Are you overwhelmed? What's happening? And I'm like, No, I'm good, but I'm in like a drive mode. Um, and not only is that not good for my physiology long term, I don't want to be in that space for a long time, like you know, just back to back, but also it kind of F's up the relationship polarity in a lot of ways because then he's like okay so if we're both kind of in this like drive mode we're both just thinking about the next thing to do we're not like connecting 
Um, and so that's been something that um, we've learned, I think, pretty well to do as well. Yeah, okay. Guys, this is our first podcast. That's not muted, is it? No. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I think sorry. it blinks when it's muted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> y'all can still hear us? Yeah. Okay, sorry, that was really long. Guys, this is good. I, we're new to this. And these are not conversations that we've had this, like, this way before. Like, they're things that we talk about all the time, but it's not th like this. So, you asked for it, literally, on <laughs> Instagram. Um, okay. Um, all right. What is the most empowering act or feeling as a husband? I think this means, like, how, like, how you feel most empowered as a husband. Is there a specific act or thing that like I can do or a wife can do to help you feel empowered as a husband, I think is what the question is. Um, the, what? <laughs> a bug just hit our window. <laughs> Something hit our window. a lot of distraction. Um, the most empowering thing is being able, when do you give me space to try to figure out what I want to do? Because mm. like, while well, I'm really good at tree stuff. Mm. I don't want to do tree stuff forever. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the fact that you don't expect me to know exactly what I want to do mm. is like, okay, cool, I can figure it out at some point. Like, mm. right now I'm trying to pay bills and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. At least for me, like maybe dudes that are doing what they love is a totally different answer. And it's not that I dislike what I do, but I definitely don't want to do it forever. What's like the the what is that like a like a specific quality, like just like trusting you that you yeah. figured out? Well, tr trust. Um, uh, encouragement, like. Mm -hmm. Just like understanding, mm -hmm. I guess. Because yeah. if like you were all upset that I was like, if you didn't understand that I wanted to find something that I actually want to do, and you're like, mm -hmm. well, why don't you just deal with it and like yeah. pay the bill? Like yeah. it would be a totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's part of the, there's like a really fine line between expecting your husband to provide it and then also supporting him to find what he loves. And that's not something I feel, feel like I know yet. Like, it's, like, I think I think there's this misunderstanding that it's like, well, you want to provide, so just provide. However, you have to. Mm -hmm. That's, like, what a, I see a lot of women do. And it's at the detriment of the husband. Because mm -hmm. then he's unfulfilled in his provision, which leads to resentment. Yeah. Or not even resentment, but just like numbing out. Well, yeah, they bail one way or another. Mm -hmm. See, they, yeah. they, 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 they leave yeah. or they leave emotionally and yeah. they sit on the couch watching sports ball all day. Sports ball. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like in order to be the support, like as the feminine, one of our one of our most impactful roles is support because it's not just support financially if that's what's necessary and like doing whatever you need to do to make sure that like you guys are good and, and solid but then also like really supporting emotionally and supporting like supporting your dreams and so again it's it's that whole it's the like I'll keep you safe you keep me wild if I 
you keep the security and the safety for me. And that allows me to then like help you or empower you to pursue your dreams. So it's like, you keep me here and then we can go from there kind of a thing. So I feel like it's when those two things work together, that there's a really good polarity and, and you know what that line is. Like, you know how to balance both needing the provision and also supporting your spouse to go do whatever they want to do. And then he does that for me in reverse where he's like, I'm going to provide. And I want like, there was, there's been three months where I haven't brought in new clients. There's been times in our relationship, like when we first were married, that um, I was building this business and like, I didn't have new clients. I didn't fully know what this business was going to look like. And so him, like him stepping, like, it's not a 50, 50, hundred percent of the time. It really ebbs and flows, but it's going to show up different. Your support and provision as a female is going to look different than his support and provision as a male. And that's, that is part of the beauty of like, we all have those qualities in a relationship, but the feminine showing up and doing those things looks super different than the masculine showing up and doing those things. So like acknowledging that it looks different, I think will bring, that brings a lot of harmony to marriage. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Audio. Yeah. Forget audio. I know. We're trying to remember, guys. Um, okay. This question was interesting, and we're going to have to figure out what it actually means, but I think we know what it means. How to learn masculine frame when raised by parents with weak or inverted polarities. Um, my perception of this question is like, how to learn. It was asked by a female. How to learn masculine frame. So I'm wondering if this is like, how do you allow for a masculine frame in a marriage or in a relationship if you've only seen an inverted polarity? I think from from my perspective, and depending on how this question was asked, um, it's it seems to me that regardless of well, what this is really asking, as a female you draw out the masculine with your femininity. So regardless of what he's doing, or if you're looking to draw in a, ma- a male, draw in a male, that sounds a little weird. Like <laughs> whether you're looking to like attract a healthy masculine presence, um, you you like bring that out and cultivate that with your femininity. And because that's how polarity works. Like if you're provide, if you're in your masculine, there's not space for the masculine to show up. If you're in your feminine and you're cultivating that, you're going to bring that in. Um, and that looks like in your marriage and your relationships, but that also looks like business partnerships. That looks like literally anything, like whatever you're wanting to draw in you, if you provide the polar opposite, that thing will come in, that thing will enter. Um, and so if you're looking to, if you, if you want to have a healthy masculine in your life, make sure that you're creating space for that and you're not in your masculine filling it up. So I, I think like whether that's, yeah, whether that's because you already have a partner and the partner's not being in his masculine or, or you're inverted and you're in your masculine and you want to go into your feminine, like you literally just start taking steps towards your feminine. Um, and that will allow the masculine to show up. So that would be things like slowing the heck down. Um, like leaning into cycle syncing, that's a really good way because that'll reconnect you to your body and women experience life as we move through it, as we feel through it, not as we perceive it. So like you are actively in all of your senses when you're in your feminine. Um, 
And when you're feeling nourished and you're enjoying yourself, like pleasure is one of the best ways to um, access your feminine because we're designed with pleasure biologically. Like we can talk about that in another podcast, but like your, your biology is designed for pleasure and for comfort um, because we're looking at long-term health and comfort is one of the best ways to predict long, long-term health. Um, so that's what I would say for that. If you're talking about creating a masculine frame, like in your business, if you don't have a man in your life to hold that space for you. Um, so masculine frame being like a structure that holds them, like that creates masculinity so that you can be in your feminine. I would look at automate, delegate, optimize. So your, your systems, your structures, things that, that are consistent day in and day out, that's your masculine in your life. So life or business, it doesn't matter. So that can look like grocery pickup that can look like hiring help with like house cleaner that can look like automating your bills like bill pay that can look like having a good crm in a business anything that creates structure that's consistent day in and day out is your masculine that's like your go-to and that will allow your feminine to be more free and and flexible um and expressive so that's kind of how i would describe that i don't know if you have anything to add no i don't really even know how to I think that was like kind of yeah. specific to feminine. Yeah. I'm like... Masculine will show the hell up when you when you are in your feminine. That's the gist of it. Sure. I have zero. And vice versa. Like like when men are in their masculine and they're in their healthy masculine, women flock to them. Like every time we go somewhere, still, it's like I can be right there with him with my wedding ring on and all of the girls are like staring at him and it drives me crazy. I there was this one time we were at the He doesn't see it. I don't. He doesn't see it, which I love because he's not like full of himself and waiting for people to stare at him. And that would make you feel really uncomfortable. I'll be like, <laughs> are you staring at <laughs> One time we were at the zoo. We were at the zoo and I we had just had this conversation in the car oh, and I was like, like dating. We were dating. Yeah. And I was like, I will count how many women stare at you. Like, because they're not paying attention to me. They're paying attention to you. So I'll watch and I will tell you. And I think I counted seven in like the couple hours that we were at the zoo. And I was like, look, another one. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, she literally heard her friend stopped and they stared at you and she nudged her friend. Like, it's easy to see when you're a female because I'm looking out for it and I'm like, back off. I didn't have a wedding ring at that point. That was one of my motivating factors because I was like, I'm about to go up there. I'm going to get real mad. Now I don't care. I'm like, yes, you're right. He's hot. Do you want to learn how to be a good supportive female? And you can, you know, have a cool, legit husband who's hot. So anyway, that's, that's that. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So we kind of answered that. Three most important traits of masculinity. Like what are your top things that you're like, masculine is, a good man is. Responsible yeah. for his actions. Yes. Um, disciplined, knowing that things he's good. Like at some point, he's going to have to do things he doesn't want to do, mm-hmm. just for the goodness of himself mm-hmm. and the relationship. Mm-hmm. And like yesterday, I didn't really want to work yesterday. Yeah. But we, I need the. We need the money. Yeah. So it's like. You do things you don't want to do all the time. Yeah. And that was like. I learned that mostly from working out and stuff. 
Like there's days that you're not gonna want to work out, but the only way you improve anything is sometimes you gotta do stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the responsibility thing, taking responsibility for what you do, and whether you've like if if you screwed something up, you gotta fix it. What's your you have one version of it, and I have the job. Radical it. responsibility. Yeah. And then Jockers? Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember mine. <laughs> Why can't I remember that? Just something like this. No. No. That's not helpful at all. Sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, extreme ownership. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Whatever. Like, okay. Well, you got to own your own shit. Yeah. There's the first swear word. Yeah. Um. You, like, if you're not taking responsibility for like if you're in a bad mood take responsibility for your bad mood yeah. be like with, like deal with it get over it move on like you're responsible for how you respond to things yeah your responsibility your yeah. ability to respond to things is completely dependent on like oh i got emotional i got mad whatever like deal with it mm-hmm. get over it because mm-hmm. like you're allowing that yeah which goes hand in hand with the, with the discipline part of that. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you don't have the discipline to be responsible or to own your own shit, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's just going to go downhill. Yeah. And that's too. Mm-hmm. Can I add to that? Yeah. I think one of the things that I, you've told me a couple of times that has really stuck out to me is this idea of, like, a, um a harmless like jordan peterson a harmless man is not a good man yeah like the power of a man is in his danger is in his danger is in his is in his yeah his ability to be dangerous yeah like and so doing hard things and taking radical responsibility or extreme ownership yeah is what makes a good man a good man because it's him accepting his power and knowing he's capable and of harm, being responsible, and then being it. responsible yeah. for it, and then also intentionally putting himself in in challenging situations that push him to his edge, so that he knows a where his edge is, so that he can be cognizant of it, but then also know how to continuously increase his capacity for hard things, so that he can stay in control of that that dangerousness, like in control of that power. Whereas the flip of that is like a woman's greatest power is in her ability to nurture and heal. And Mm. so like we continue to go deeper and deeper and deeper into ourselves and into our wisdom and into like the most challenging thing a woman will do is like be so soft and so vulnerable and, and so in her, like in her nurturing that she's challenged because it feels unsafe. I have to answer the third thing before you go. Because so those two things are really important for masculinity. Otherwise, I'm going to forget. Yeah. Um, so with in con- in terms of like yes, dangerous. You have to like dude that's peaceful or harmless because he's harmless is not a good man. It's a man that's yeah. dangerous who has an under control. Yeah. In relation to that, the other third thing would be learning in the context of being humble. Or vice versa. Mm. Like, if he can, he has to take his 
you've got to take ownership of stuff and responsibility. Yeah. If he's not humble enough to learn from either mistakes or other things going wrong, yeah. if he's too arrogant and thinks he's always right on stuff and he's not learning every day and changing every day from stuff that he's learned the previous day. Yeah. If he's not able to learn and adapt yeah. every day. Yeah. Like if there's no growth and he's not learning, then Ugh. yeah. 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 If you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. That is really, really important. Ownership, yeah. discipline, and humility slash yeah. learning. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. They're there. No, and those, yeah, those are things to look for in a dude. Because yeah. it's like like I remember talking to talking to you about that. I remember talking to Maya about that. Of like when we first started dating was one of the things and still to this day one of the things that I respected most about you was that you were willing to learn and that you knew you didn't know everything because especially when you're looking at a guy when you're dating him if he's willing to learn then you know your relationship will continue to grow and deepen if he's not willing to learn you're cutting yourself off at the knees like you're that's as far as it'll go because he's not going to he's not going to change um and so like ex- finding a guy that you accept exactly as he is but mm-hmm. then also allowing like making sure that he's somebody who yes. wants to continue to learn and evolve with you will keep your relationship strong don't try to change a guy don't try that's to change a poor decision well here this is one of the questions um no. make sure uh did, uh did you have anything else you want to add i had to interrupt you because otherwise i was going to forget what the third one was no, okay. i was like I'm not going to forget because you're going to keep going. Yeah, that's good. Good. Nice. Um, uh, I don't want to interrupt. I'm sorry, but Beyonce, yeah, whatever. That's a, that was a Kanye moment. I'm like, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, that's a totally misquoted thing. I know that's not what the quote is, but it's something close to that. But this is a podcast, and it's one of the few unregulated. And I'm old, and I don't remember that moment specifically. Unregulated. Um, but I know what happened. Shoot. Oh, how how do women emasculate men? Talking down to them. What was what, what were we just talking about though? Just before Kanye. Dudes that want to learn. Uh, oh, don't to change. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So emasculating him. So trying to change him. That's not a good start. Yeah. Well, that's not a good start, especially if he's just got, if you're like, I really like him, but he's got shitty qualities. And then probably don't try to change him because it's just. Yeah. That's not going to get better. Giving the dude the power of a woman that supports him while he's being a douche is going to make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because women amplify whatever the man gives her. This is super important. Women who are listening to this, you will literally exacerbate or amplify anything you get from a man. So he gives you, he gives you a sperm, you give him a baby. He gives you a house, you give him a home. He gives you douchey qualities, you will exacerbate that. So you are an amplifier. That is one of the coolest things about women. So be very, very aware of what you're amplifying because that is, that is in your power to do. That like, Women can either be a dude's superpower or their biggest weakness. Yeah. And it's totally dependent. It's it's mostly dependent on the dude's personality. Because if the dude's a douche and he attracts women that are like, oh, he's so he's just a bad boy. And it's like, and then it'll just get worse because he's going to go do more. It's like, yeah. I'm a little bit of a nerd. Captain America thing, mm-hmm. the whole first one where he gets the little serum and it's like, this will just amplify whatever yeah. you already are. Yeah. It's the same kind of fucking yeah. thing. Yeah. 
second quarter. Uh, first up on like fourth shit. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. No, that's super true. Yeah, it'll amplify. Yeah. So, like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Done. That's okay. So emasculating man is trying to change him. Also, guys, if if you're if you're trying to change a man, it's coming. It's automatically coming from your masculine. It's not coming from your feminine, because it's you seeing his potential and trying to force it and forcing his masculine quality. If you genuinely want to change a man, you accept him exactly as he is, without without any any exceptions you just accept yeah. him exactly as he is which is where the the learning quality is super important. and empower him to grow that is literally like you 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 cannot change a man you can empower him to bring out the fullness of him but you cannot change him and that's like that will make or break a relationship so be aware of that um so emasculating man is like yeah and i think that's where like if you don't believe in his ability to grow you'll talk down to him You'll, and that's emasculating. Um, and like not trusting him. This is me talking. Go for it. They want well, the well, people. Well, like, I gave my two cents. I was like, being talked down to is like the biggest, like, if I came home and you just bitched at me yeah. because I didn't do something or like I didn't take out the trash or like, yeah. if I'm not doing the stuff that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing. Yeah. One thing I heard recently that was, they just put it really well was like, um, if, oh, don't, shoot. Dang it. We'll come back to that if I remember. I really want to. Anyway, yeah. I feel like a lot of these questions are all very similarly themed. Like they're all asking very similar questions. And it's like, I think the beauty of all of this is it's actually really quite simple because <laughs> it's like you learn, be humble, like take responsibility for your crap and like allow yourself to be in your masculine. And then me, same thing, but allow myself to be in the feminine. And all of these questions kind of become obsolete because you learn how to dance with each other very, very smoothly. Um, yeah, it, it just, it can be really simple. I think in the world of like theology and overly analytical people everybody wants to have really really fancy questions and overcomplicate the responses and in reality it's like we we kind of are going to talk about this in circles because it's not that hard yeah it's really like you you have the ability to create harmony in your relationship by simply being authentic to your design male female like that really will create harmony in your relationship you believe in two genders, folks. Okay. I identify as a houseplant. <laughs> yeah. I identify as a houseplant. I need sun. I need more. I need water. <laughs> I need water. No, it's too much water. Um, I'm turning yellow. <laughs> I'm jaundice. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> um, I want the sun. Now it's burning. Um... <laughs> yeah. It's all simple. Um, we had a question. Do we argue? If we argue, how do we deal with that? 
we don't argue much. It's kind of like a, like, well, I hate to be that. We don't argue very, like. I don't hate to be that. I love that. Well, no, I love that. But it's like, I don't have a helpful answer. Because it's like, usually if you're arguing, it's because someone is too arrogant to accept that there's a different viewpoint. Yeah. Or they're, yeah, they're like, they're seeing this situation through a very filtered lens. And, and they, it's making them see things. Like, it literally, it comes from, like, I feel like the bigger arguments come from not being willing to see the other person's side of it. Mm-hmm. And then also not owning the fact that you're responsible for your own reaction mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. whatever the argument is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom always said it takes two to tango. Always. She always said that. And in arguments. Not always, always. But as a sweeping statement, always. But if you're dancing, if it also was, takes two. If there was an argument, she would literally always say that. She'd go, well, it's, it takes two to tango. And that stuck with me because it's like, if if you are in an argument with a person, there's you have some involvement. And it takes one person changing the steps for the dance to change. And so I think that's something that's been really cool in our relationship. It's like, when I, especially at the beginning of our relationship, and now we've like been able to vocalize it, but when we first started dating, um, like if we would start to get, if we would start to like, if it started to amplify and we started to get a little bit agitated, he would always touch me every single time. And I did not realize that that was part of <laughs> going on. I got lots of hair going on. Um, <laughs> he's not in front of the camera ever, so he feels uncomfortable. <laughs> and like Wolverine. Um, but that was something, hey, hey, I'm trying to shh. that was something that was really helpful. <laughs> was like every time I would start to get like agitated about something, he would touch me. And that would instantly like my nervous system would chill, my like and it and not because he was like being obnoxious. Like I realized the the moms who are like oversensitized all the time are gonna be like, that's not or overstimulated all the time. They're gonna be like, that wouldn't help me. But like within the context of what was going on and still is like and how he did it was literally just like grounding and and like would always ask me, okay, what do you need? And like it wasn't he would always bring bring the conversation back down. Um and that's super super important with the relationship and I didn't realize that that was something that I needed in arguments I am not a huge arguer generally because I don't see the value in yelling at each other because that's just everybody trying to be louder and that's not going to communicate anything but um if I was starting to get amplified he would like immediately bring me back down and again that's one of the beauties of like if he he's got the steadiness and he knows his power and he knows that like he has never raised his voice at me. He has never raised a hand to me. Obviously, we would not be on this podcast if that was the situation. Um, and like, and it's because he has devoted himself to understanding his his power. Like honestly, like it's it's not so in those types of situations, it's not like hard. I mean, I don't know, is it hard if I start getting like antsy? No. No. Oh yeah, because it's like you don't act like it's hard. You're like, okay, that's okay. But Ooh. he hears me. It's not that he's not he's not like okay, the lamb. It's like <laughs> he's he's not being like he's not there, there, tiny one. He's not being he's not being dumb. He's just being like, I'm gonna I, like I understand that there's something going on. What do you need? But it's never di- like we're not directing things at each other. We're directing things at a situation, and so that immediately like resolves stuff. 
Um, and also I used to hear like, don't ever go to bed angry. Cause I think somewhere in the Bible, it says, don't ever let the sun set on your anger or something like that. And that is one of the worst piece of pieces of advice I've ever heard, because like more than likely you're in an amped up state for whatever reason, and you need a break. You need to go have time by yourself to like calm down. You don't need to verbally process it in anger. That's not processing it. That's that is re-aggravating the experience. I think that's part of what that means, though. Don't let this go down. Yeah. Don't get like that doesn't mean you have to figure it out right then. That means yeah. you just need time. I think that's yeah. part of what that means. I know. I always heard that. At least that's in my interpretation of that. Is that like, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be figured out before you go to bed and then you're not like. Just like, don't go to bed. But it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I would. Like, it doesn't have to be answered now, but like. Yeah. At least, and like. I think that's the healthy perspective of it. Growing up, that's not what I heard. Growing up, it was always like, and I hear that from people too now. Women say that, like, I shouldn't. Like we should, we should stay up all night until it's resolved. And it's like, don't do that. <laughs> That's not going to work. And like going after him and demanding mm. resolution in the moment, because we want peace. And so we think that whatever, like we'll do whatever we think is going to bring peace. And may, and if we think that we're going to get peace by demanding a res- resolution immediately, like that's not actually going to serve anybody. Um, what's going to bring peace most of the time is giving yourself a ton of space, go vent it out in your journal and then go from there, like allow all of the, all of the fluff and all of the heightened state to come out in a journal entry and then go have a conversation when you're coherent. That's really helpful. And being aware of too, as a female, like if you're in your luteal phase and you've got hormones that are making you PMSy, you, you take responsibility for that. That is, that is huge. Like if you're like, well, I just want to chop my husband's head off every time I'm PMSing that's on you that's not on him and you don't get to put that on him um and and that's part of why I'm so like passionate about cycle syncing is understanding that when you're in that phase the left and right hemispheres of your brain are are super super heightened and so that means that subconscious things are coming up into the conscious in order to be released and so that's why you have heightened emotions. It's literally so that you can resolve them and purge them, but that doesn't give you permission to take it out on the spouse. That is answer. That's a good segue yeah. into one of my, the questions I asked about yeah. the, my perspective of the cycle thinking yeah. thing. It's going back to the ownership part of it, which I think everyone should be able to own, be responsible for their own stuff. But like, if you didn't cycle sync and it was just like, just by the seat of your pants, like because you're a woman and that's how your body works, you should be able to understand and own the fact that that's what's going on. So that's my perspective on cycle syncing is because it's like, well, you're a woman and you want to be a woman, you should clearly understand what's going on in your body just as much as I try to understand what's going on with mine. Yeah. Like, not that the dude, the women have a much more complicated version of that than dudes do. Yeah. But still, it's like, yeah. if this dictates emotions and stuff, yeah. You should be res- responsible for at least owning part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so why wouldn't I want you to do cycle singing stuff? Yeah. Because it makes you more aware of it. And then in turn, I become more aware of it yeah. because you're more aware of it. Yeah. And then you can support me yeah. through it rather than 
be like, I have to leave the house for four days before she yeah. starts her period. That's not good for anybody. But, and what happens instead is it like gives you the ability to resolve things in your relationship. Because if I experience something over and over, like a couple months in a row, usually if I have something that's like aggravating or I'm like, I really need to talk to him about this one thing. I'll give it two or three cycles, like two or three months to see if it comes up consistently or if it was a fluke. Cause sometimes things will come up and you're like, I just need to like that. And I can, you can process through it. I'll do somatic work. I'll do journaling. I'll, I'll just like cry it out. I'll whatever, like whatever you need to do to like process it all the way through. I'll let that happen one month. And if it goes through two or three months and it still is showing up and I'm seeing it consistently, then I bring it to him and I'm like, Hey, this is what's going on. But it's not like you're doing this thing to me, blah, 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 blah. It's like, Hey, you know, what's happening. I'm seeing this thing show up over and over. Can we talk about it? And a really good example of that was like when we first started dating, um, I, I remember there was, I was having a really hard time one month because he didn't, we're not like a buy me chocolates and roses kind of couple. He is so good at like being romantic in non-cliche Hollywoodized versions. So good at that. And so for, I'm terrible at it, but that's different and this is a conversation that we talk about a lot because there's like an expectation of romance because of what we have learned from hollywood and like this is what romance look like looks like romance looks like and then there's like true romance is intentionality that's really all it is like when we're look when we see it in hollywood it's like he's being intentional about what flowers she likes and what chocolates she likes and he's bringing it to her as the surprise to say, I was thinking about you. And here's how I express my emotion or express my, my love for you in a way that's not me trying to explain it. Like, that's really all it is, is it's, these are these like external representations of something going on inside, which he does really well all the time, like all the time, every single night, almost every single night, he like turns down the bed for me. He goes and turns on our fan. He turns off the light. He turns on the lamp. He closes the shades. Like he prepares the space for me to sleep because I go to sleep three hours away typically um so that's huge is like though that to me is much more romantic than him bringing me chocolates or flowers or whatever and he learned how to do those things too as we've got like gone through our marriage but those are not the things that I find romantic but early on in our relationship there was a I remember there was one valentine's day I can't remember I think you, I think you got me flowers I don't remember what the circumstances were, but I remember which situation you're talking about. So I'm just going to keep listening. Um, (laughs) There was one, and this is an example is like, I was having this experience where I was like, he doesn't like, I don't feel like he's romancing me. I don't feel like he's like getting me the flowers and it's Valentine's day. And this should be special. Even though we had had conversations about like Valentine's day is not really a day that we celebrate because we'd so much rather express our love like every day and be intentional and like, surprise each other with gifts here and there just when we're genuinely thinking about one another not in like an obligatory way and I realized that whatever was happening I was in my luteal phase and I was like I this might be a fluke like I'm gonna give this one or two rotations and see what happens and like I had this whole awareness at this right right after I realized I was in my luteal phase I was like oh actually for me romance means intentionality and here are all of the ways that he romances me and also I'm not meeting this need for myself and I'm looking for something from him because I'm not actually meeting it for myself. And that was literally like slowing down and taking time for myself and doing some things that I love by myself, which was at the time it was like going to the mountains. And I think I scheduled like a mountain day with my best friend after that. 
Um, but I was literally looking for him to meet a need that I was needing to meet for myself. And I only had that awareness because I was like, oh, I'm in my luteal phase. Is this about him or is this about me? Nine times out of 10, it's going to be about you, me, like myself. <laughs> it's going to be about the woman and something going on in her and a need that she needs to meet herself. And then if there's something else that like is in within the partnership dynamic, then go that route. But like, that was a really, that was a very eye-opening one for me. So now if something's going on, I give it a couple of months, unless I know for sure, for sure, for sure. It's like, this is not an emotional, hormonal, or like subconscious thing that I need to process and resolve on my own. If it's like, Hey, urgent, this needs to happen. I'll address it. But I always come at it from like, Hey, this is what's going on in me. And I'm not sure what to do about it. Can we talk about this? And then it's like, everything's diffused. Let's go into this as like, cool, let's figure out a solution. Not you're doing something wrong. Cause that's not helpful in any kind of conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Psycho thinking is good folks. Brings harmony to all relationships. <laughs> and break. I don't want to make sure we answer a couple of the questions that are different. Um, <laughs> red flags to look for in dating a guy how to tell if he's a man or a boy I mean that goes very hand in hand with the three things that the three masculine things mm -hmm. ownership yeah learning humility yeah learning in con in context of being humble mm -hmm. and the discipline thing mm -hmm. yeah and it, yeah like if he's if the dude's like For me, it's one of those things that I have to deal with enough dudes that I've had working for me and under me and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, nope, like almost instantly. Because there's, it's, it, it's almost like a, you know, when you see it kind of yeah. thing. Trying to describe that as a, what to look out for. Quality, yeah. Is kind of hard. I mean, I think so. Other than, like those three things I think cover a big yeah like what to look for yeah will help you to also know what not to look or what to look out for. like biggest <laughs> thing to look out for is a dude who's lazy yeah and and somebody who doesn't if he treats certain people different than other people it doesn't matter who they are like if he's not consistent with how he treats all of humanity yeah. you need to watch out because that means that he there's a hierarchical value system in his mind and that can be like if he treats waiters differently than you or if he treats his mom differently than you know a girl on the street or whatever like you want to look for how he treats those who are in authority over him and those who you know, serve under him. Well, I think like, <laughs> but, but like, there's that's because I, I have an issue with authority, but that's not the title of authority, but like humans, if he has, if he like treats, if he treats the quality of humanity <laughs> with respect, like he honors the humanity in each person. I think that's, that'll tell you a lot about somebody and that'll tell you if they're two faced or not too, because if you yeah. notice that he's treating a waiter like crap and he's treating you like a princess run the other direction mm, yeah. um because that can flip on on its head at any moment um so that would be my only other addition would be like look for consistencies yeah. especially in a man 
you want to look for how consistent is he day to day with whatever it is that he's committed to. Like that will tell you a lot about his stability. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other things, but I got nothing coming. I think those are good. Yeah. We had top three, so that's top four, I think. The four. I have that consistency in the near field. Uh well I thought it was what to look out for. Yeah. Did I say top three? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, guys. We're fading. We're gonna answer one more question and then if you guys want more of this, we'll we'll do another one. Um there's actually quite a few on There's quite a few on communication. I think the best way to ask this would be like, what, like, how can, how do I communicate with you in a way that feels like good? What's your, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's your hair. Yeah, how, uh, how, like how can I how can I communicate to you communicate with you in a way that feels like it's non-reactive and you like you can be open with communication and you feel safe to communicate <laughs> well I'm not being well that's where I feel like my only real answer is being redundant again and not being talked down to mm. yeah like when it's like you, when you have respect for where I'm at, whether it's tired or like whatever it may be, and it's not like, well, the fact that you don't know this is just like that, like, mm. like again, if you can have space for where I'm at and not just expect me to be like squared away and like know exactly what's happening all the time, mm -hmm. and it's like. Yeah, like don't expect doctors. Don't expect him to be like clued into your every waking thought. Like, yes. Set the tone. Please. <laughs> yeah, I still do this. I'm so guilty of this. And he's like, hold on, I have no context. And I'm like, wait, okay. Clue him in in a in a sweet way to what's going on. So for example, again, you set the tone, right? So yeah. like, hey. I was thinking about X, Y, and Z. Can we have a conversation about it? Can, can we talk about that? Do you have space to talk about that? Like, see where he's at. Because honestly, again, you want to remember men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti. If he's in a very specific waffle box and I'm just like spewing all of this stuff, it's not, he, he's not ignoring me. He's singular, singularly focused. That allows him to go fast and go far with whatever it is that he's focusing on. But if I'm like over here cooking dinner, and I have like the side conversation going on on text and I'm talking to him about something and I'm just like having conversation. He's not going to think that a, I'm really being intentional about the conversation. He's probably going to be like, she just needs to talk it out. And I'm going to be here and just like hold space for that, but I'm not actually paying attention or he's going to be so in his box of whatever it is he's thinking about. Like you have to invite him into your space. Don't just be like, here's all of the things that you're thinking. Today. Here's the box to aim for. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, there's been times where I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. But like, know, know that questions you can ask, like you can ask some very specific questions to set the tone for the conversation. If you really, if you are not just venting and you need something out of it, I have asked him before. And I do tell him this sometimes like, like, Hey, can I just process this through with you? And he's like, yeah, his, his, um, like presence 
he's giving like he gives me quality presents all of the time no matter what like he's he's there but the type of presence that he's going to provide for me in that kind of a context versus hey there's something that I'm dealing with that's really difficult and I really need to talk about it and like I need your thoughts on this can you like do you have space for that is that's a totally different presence than like hey this is what was going on at work and I'm just going to like talk through it or I just need to verbally process with someone can you hold space for that and truthfully I think verbally processing for the most part needs to be done with your girlfriends um for the most part I think that's part of the community and value of female friendships but for oh gosh I keep doing that I keep choking a little bit I'm talking too fast um for the sake of this conversation like Mm -hmm. I need to vent about this specific thing or I just need to like I need I need the masculine presence I need like your stability to just like hold space for what I need to talk about and that's cool especially in the marriage context because if you were just ranting to like Maya or Mm -hmm. something about stuff that was going on with us and you never talked to me about it it'd be weird yeah 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 (laughs) that's like a whole other conversation is like Speaking about your husband with the utmost respect at all times, it doesn't matter if it's your best friend or a random chick in a networking group or another guy. Well, you better not be like, well, anyway, <laughs> like dep- it doesn't matter. Like speaking about your husband with well and honoring him is so important. And that will translate into your relationship, whether you hear him or not, because what you focus on amplifies. So if you're like, well, that's the, goes back to the whole talking down thing. Cause eventually yeah. if you do that enough to other people, yeah. it will end up yeah. coming out to him. To yeah. yeah. And again, cause women, we are, we are beings of the in-between. And so if we are, if the things that others pick up on, the things that our, our guys are going to pick up on are all of the nuances that you don't speak. Like your silence is the loudest thing to a guy. So knowing that and knowing that the tone, the atmosphere, all of these words that I've been using, the, the aroma of the home, like this is all like you cultivate the spaces in between and all of the nuances and all of the things on the periphery. So the way that you show up in your relationship has a lot to do with how you're showing up in those in-between spaces. And when you're not with your husband and how you're cultivating your feminine, all of that comes back to your relationship with your spouse and to his empowerment and your the health of your relationship. So don't don't underestimate like all of those other things. Um and like the power of you setting the tone and the aroma of the home. All right, that's it. <laughs> Suddenly we're done. We we are figuring this out together, everybody. Um, and I'm really hoping the audio is good, and I'm hoping that we were coherent. If we have to do this again. I'm going to be upset. I know. Well, we'll just go on a live and people will just. <laughs> um, thank you for doing this. Yeah. I know it's weird. This is like a weird type of. It's a weird type of like we're not connecting with anybody. We're literally talking into a microphone in my office. So it feels like a weird, like we're here together. But when I'm alone, I can go into like a weird little imaginative state of like, I'm talking to all of my BFFs. And with you, it's like, I want to talk to you, but I have to talk to the microphone. It's a very weird kind of dynamic. So, um, so thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) And thank you everybody for listening. And let us know how you like it. Let us know if you want to hear Daniel talk again or if you want to hear him speak about certain things 
we'll get him more comfortable on this. <laughs> I'm going to be like this forever. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. This yeah. is just me. Well, there's not different versions of me. No, but there's this, there might be questions that are easier to answer. Yeah. Like I need more clarity on some of these questions than I should have clarified them beforehand. Then ask him again in a different way. Yeah. I did the best I could. You did everything. All right. Thanks all. And we'll talk to you. Well, he may not talk to you ever again, but I'll well, talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. If you don't want me back, then I'll come back. <laughs> it's going to be one and done. Okay, bye.